Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Uh, today, those who were arrested, one of them at least had a sidearm, came to the polling station with a sidearm dressed the same way you described. That definitely is alarming and the police must, must intervene. Well, uh, yes. Until we find out whether it's working with any of the security apparatus, nobody can claim that he is just an ordinary person. Let us also find out from the police who that individual is. There are people in this country who use asylum. But then during processes like conferences like this, we don't expect a party person to go to a conference center with a sidearm. It is only the police that we expect that when they go to such conferences, they will carry their arms. So if truly the person is a party person and doesn't abide by the rules of the game, then the police have every right to arrest the person. These individuals, are they members of your party's internal security arrangement? Well, better for what I know, we have not engaged any security apparatus apart from the police. And then we've given warning to all party people. I keep on doing that any opportunity that I get on radio. That, look, if you are a party person, we have engaged the police. Don't bring in anybody called Macho Man. Don't bring in anybody called Tag. We don't want it. We believe in that police. We trust in the police. We have given them assignment, and I'm sure they will deliver. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, that is the uh, Great Accra Regional Secretary of the MPP, Daniel Parker, France, uh, affirming his support uh, for the uh, police in the decision to apprehend uh, these individuals. Uh, as you know now, as you've been confirming, um, they have now been placed before court, three of them, and uh, all of them been remanded now. Four of them have been picked up today to a total of uh, seven uh, in all. Uh, what are your own thoughts on this? You want to send me a WhatsApp or go into our many social media platforms and let's continue the conversation. 055-11-11997. Ghana Connect starts now. experienced the longest uninterrupted period of stable constitutional governance in our history. Banishing the specter of instability that had disfigured much of our nation's early existence and the benefits are showing. We have over the last 30 years 
witness sustained growth in every facet of national life. There have been considerable improvements in the Human Development Index. Simply put, democracy has been good for us. And that is the precedent yesterday as we, uh, as a country, marked 30 years of our constitution and and that 30 years ago yesterday uh, millions went to the referendum and voted yes to adopt the constitution he says on the back of that that constitutional democracy has been good but there are some who disagree and tonight on ghana connect there is a schism in the approach to the constitution and whether or not it served as well between the president's generation and the current youthful generation the current youthful generation believe the, the constitution has simply failed us in fact one group calls it the sakawa constitution the fix the country movement say the constitution itself needs to be overthrown needs to be scrapped a fresh one put in place to serve the unique idiosyncrasies of today but the president's generation have a different view to this. They want a gradual approach, deal with the issues as they arise, not a radical overhaul of the entire document as the current generation, those born in the 80s and the early 90s believe the constitution, the constitutional review should take the form of radicalism. So today we're having that conversation. Where do you stand on this? Connect us all over the world. Where do you stand on the debate? What do we do with our constitution? Do you share the president's view that this constitutional democracy, he put it simply, has been good? So keep it, but change it, he says, where necessary. Or do you support the view of the fix the countries of today? The Economic Fighters League, the young um, groupings of today, who say a more radical approach is needed, completely scrap it. Ghana is connecting to discuss. We connect after the break. Masa, yet two unlimited calls. Oh, Vodafone Red is you know here. Jack, me too. No expiry with Vodafone Red. Yes, start 200 hash, huh? I bab the move. When you be what? Vodafone Red, no lie. Oh, Cocraft, me top man, do you be Casaco? Ebrowse, da. Vodafone Red, start 200 hash. As the same. See, see, dear. Yeah, Casaco, no, no, yeah, browse it. Start 200 hash gives you unlimited calls on Vodafone to Vodafone. More data. More talk time to friends on other networks. No expiry. And the best value at a Affordable prices. Vodafone ready, dear. Who knows? Simply dial star 200 hash to choose a package that best suits you from as low as one Ghana city. Vodafone. The other day, I visited Kweku at his spunky new office to congratulate him on opening his business. And man, was I impressed. The business is just moving quick. The sales, customers, everything is just working seamlessly. The secrets, hmm. He said, it's MTN Business Broadband. In this fast-paced environment, we need fast and reliable internet to support all business types. No laggy online meetings, great download and upload speeds, impeccable business management systems, all-inclusive. I mean, you can have it all. So, I signed on immediately. <laughs> to enable your business stay ahead and stay connected, make sure you're signed on to the best internet made just for businesses. MTN Business Broadband. Sign up today on broadband.mtn.com.gh and manage your account on my MTN app. Call 0244-308-111 for more information. MTN.
son. We are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom, and my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUSD Campus, UCC Cape Coast, and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302-764101-764209 or 7627092. Visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. Businesses know how important it is to create a productive and supportive working environment by investing in employees' health. With a leading international track record, Apex Health Insurance is licensed to provide medical insurance services to corporate organizations and SMEs. We also have international LH Blue Cover and TPAs to cushion you. Multinational companies, factories, and government agencies focus on your business while Apex Insurance takes care of your health. Visit Apex Health Insurance office at Zion House, Boundary Road, Shiashi, Kumase, Opposite Prempe College, Sofo Line, and Takradi Market Circle. For further inquiries, call 0501-562-962 or 0501-552-495. Apex Health, your preferred health insurer. The joy of every Tyler is using the ideal tile adhesive for a lasting bonding. It is for this reason that Tylers and builders always use Weber Cork Tile Adhesives. They know that Weber Cork Tile Adhesives are of European quality and produced locally by St. Gobain Weber Ghana. They know that Weber Cork Tile Adhesives have all the additives and chemicals and all you need is water. They know that Weber Cork Tile Adhesives are what you use for indoor, outdoor and swimming pools. And they know that if they have to tile right and tile once, then it is Weber Cork Tile Adhesives. Weber Cork Tile Adhesives are available at major outlets like City Ceramica, Interstar Ceramics, Skyview Express, Atala Limited, Antis Limited, Wafo Depot, Tago Cantamanto and Koforidia and an outlet near you. For retailing and your project call 0556-486-342. Weber. We care. Alliance. Insurance since 1890. At Alliance Life Ghana, we have a wide range of life insurance packages to suit all pockets from individuals, groups, associations, and businesses. We cover your employees, your funerals, pensions, children's education, and your future. Call us on 0302-267-892 or visit our website, www.alliance-gh.com for more inquiries. Alliance Life, we secure your future.
and you're live on Joy 99.7 FM. This is Ghana Connect. And my name is Evans Mensah. Um, I don't know if you noticed. Yesterday, Ghana celebrated 30 years of the 1992 Constitution. Did you notice it? It is one of those milestones that was very, very important to the President of the Republic. In fact, he did a national address and he said a few very interesting things to celebrate the day his belief uh, in the constitution but i want to go back to the day that is 30 years ago when in fact millions of ghanaians went to the poll to at that uh, referendum to decide whether or not to adopt the 1992 constitution it, it was it was euphoric at that time because we're coming uh, from a period of uh, military rule 10 years of military rule the washington post reported on 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 the referendum that day with a headline ghana holds referendum on new constitution and this is april this is april 29th uh, 1992. The election itself was was on April 28th, 1992. And they read, voters in this West African nation went to the polls today in a referendum on the new constitution that will pave the way for multi-party democracy after a decade of military rule. Now, final results were not expected until Wednesday, but the draft constitution appeared set for overwhelming approval. And that is exactly what it got because Ghanaians were clear in their minds that that is what we needed. And as it turned out, the outcome of the referendum showed exactly that because we wanted, we wanted multi-party democracy. Immediately after the vote, of course, the ban on political parties was lifted. And then this happened on the May 18. That allowed for presidential elections in November. And then in December, we had parliamentary elections. Of course, needless to say, the NDC won. But that is what paved the way for what we now know to be our constitutional democracy, what we've enjoyed for the last 30 years. But there are some who believe that it hasn't been rosy. And a more radical approach we need to take to radically overhaul the Constitution. The president yesterday in his speech was very, very clear in making the argument that it has been 30 years of good democracy for us. He says the, the constitution, the constitutional democracy we've had on the back of that referendum has been good. And he laid out the evidence to support his argument. We have since then experienced the longest uninterrupted period of stable constitutional governance in our history. Banishing the specter of instability that had disfigured much of our nation's early existence. And the benefits are showing. We have over the last 30 years witnessed sustained growth in every facet of national life. There have been considerable improvements in the Human Development Index. Simply put, democracy has been good for us. Today, Democracy, equality of opportunity, and respect for human rights and the rule of law. Ideals which have stood the test of time in most of the world have now found firm anchor in our body politic. We've had five presidents in the history of the Fourth Republic. 
with peaceful transfers of power from a governing to an opposition party on three separate occasions. Even when there was disagreement with the outcome of an election, it was the Supreme Court on two occasions, rather than the streets, that validated its result. We are arguably the most stable democracy in West Africa. On this day, the 30th anniversary of the referendum, whose votes ushered in the Fourth Republic, I urge all of us to renew trust in our democracy and bear in mind at all times the off-site statement that the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. The president disagreed with those whose view is that this constitution is so terrible that it needs to be overthrown. There are some who, for their own parochial and selfish interests, would want to see a return to the dark days of authoritarian rule, simply because, with no respect for the Ghanaian people, they are either unwilling to subject themselves or their vision to the open scrutiny of the Ghanaian people, or because they know they will be rejected by the Ghanaian people, and thus seek a shortcut to office and power. Let us strengthen our resolve to resist such person for our common good. So the president concludes that democracy has been good. The constitution has been good for us. But he admits though that um, we haven't uh, you know, achieved our full potential yet. The potential that we could have achieved with this constitution, he admits we haven't fully achieved our potential. Despite all the gains we have made in the Fourth Republic, we must acknowledge that we have not reached the potential we should have. The biggest challenge we face continues to be eradicating poverty. We still have challenges in the performance of our public services. We face threats, traditional and contemporary, to our nation's security and social stability in the form of chieftaincy conflicts, land disputes, ethnic conflicts, cybersecurity issues, youth unemployment, economic hardships, and corruption in our public life. Now, if what the president just said there sounded familiar, it's because you've heard it before. You heard it from Fix the Country. You heard it from the Economic Fighters League. They have made the point the president just made there that this constitution, they say, has failed us. The president put it, we haven't met our potential. But they say, because of the corruption, because of the unemployment, because of the conflicts, those two groups, and they represent masses of young people, they say the constitution has simply failed us. Their approach is to say, in fact, the Economic Fighters League calls it, they suck our constitution. They want a radical overhaul of the whole document. So what is the president's own recommendation to dealing with the challenge and the lack of, um, you know, our inability to, to achieve our full potential? His approach is not a radical overhaul. What he wants is only amend when it is necessary. We should never forget, though, that the Constitution is a living document. And so whenever circumstances required, we should be prepared to make the necessary amendments to it to reflect the needs of contemporary and future times. When required, be prepared to make the necessary amendment, when required. And so, is it the president's view that the time is right now? 
is the time right now for that amendment to happen? And what amendment exactly? He proposes one of it, only one. He talks about an MMDC election. So that's his approach to it. And his approach, okay, I guess, is, uh, is, is, is shared by many of his generation. And appears, it appears that for the young generation, those born in the 80s, um, you know, shortly before the 70s and in the 90s, they, they have a more radical approach to this. Let me bring in our connectors who are joining us right now for this conversation uh, on, on what do we do. I think there's consensus. The president believes that on, on the one subject, which is that we haven't reached our full potential. The question is, what do you do about it? The president says, amend if necessary. And then there's another group that holds a different view. Hadi Yakubu. Uh, is is one of those who I guess has expressed this on this show many times. Is uh, is a fighter general of the Economic Fighters League and and connects with us on Zoom. Hello, Hadi. Hi, Evans. Good evening. Great to have you connect with us again. Nice to connect with you this evening. Absolutely. Thank you, Hadi. Um, also connected with us is uh, Isaac. He is a youth activist and a social commentator. Hello, Isaac. Isaac, please unmute for me. Okay, uh, Isaac uh, will get his uh, sound uh, fixed and so we can hear him. Uh, Felicity Nelson was a Fix a Country campaign. Hello, Felicity. Hi, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank um, you. Kweku uh, Apriku is a law student uh, and a debater. Hello, Kweku. And Kweku is connecting with me uh, in the studio. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing his thoughts. And then I'm, I'm delighted to be joined by the founder of the national interest movement he 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 is a he is, he belongs to the president's generation he has a a more mature i guess view on on our on our on our journey towards constitutionalism uh, and so I'm, i i really wanted him to connect with us, our our young selves uh, on on what we do with the constitution he also agrees that something needs to be done about the constitution he, they they put forward a whole list of things that needs to change about the constitution and we want to interact with him pick his thoughts on, on a few issues. He's uh, Dr. Abu Sakara Foster. You know him. Uh, Dr. Foster, I'm grateful that you agreed to, to interact with, with young minds such as us. Thank you. <laughs> I'm happy to be on the show with you this evening. Fantastic. Let me start with you, Hadi. Hadi, where do you stand on this? I mean, the president has said this constitution, this constitution of Democrats has been good for us. His approach is uh, amend if necessary. Um, what do you say to him? Yeah, uh, thank you very much. I think perhaps I can agree with the president that uh, democracy under this uh, 1992 Sakawa constitution has been good. Um, but I think you have to forgive me, um, Hadi. I have never asked you this question before, but I've heard you say it so many times. Let me take this opportunity to ask you before I even go substantively. When you call the constitution Sakawa constitution, what what do you mean when you when you call the Sakawa Constitution? Well, um, in our local parlance, um, Sakawa simply represents uh, false pretenses, you know, pretentious representation, um, and 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 bogus and fraudulent, you know, uh, fraudulent representation. The, the nineteen ninety two Constitution. Is is a document that makes pretensions about um, a lot of things, including good governance, including accountability, including fair distribution of resources. Um, it says it in text, and then in, if you examine very closely, you find that the political economy 
that become that is the effect of the constitution uh, or that is created by the constitution basically does not make any of these uh, possible and we can go into uh, many of the details uh, for instance if the constitution talks about uh, you know power emanating from the people and power belonging to the people the people under the 1992 constitution absolutely have no power they have absolutely just look at the impunity with which this government um, and previous government have gone about stealing resources and and uh, making themselves rich passing obnoxious laws regardless of whatever protestations that the people have made uh, 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 have made they just do not care because the people are absolutely have no power so as soon as you vote for the people into power that is the end of your power you you are only remembered when there is a, a next election that is not a people that has power so that is a pretentious representation of people power in the in the, in the constitution okay so so what so, uh, so that's what so that's what you mean when you say Sako. so you mean the constitution is fraudulent and it's the and it's the uh, basis for the oh, problems no. you've articulated absolutely sorry if okay. i may come to just a second if i may come to what the Sorry, sorry. yes. yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll come to that uh, substantively because that's my substantive question to you. But let me ask Felicity if he shares that view. Hello, Felicity. Hi. Did you Hello. share that view of this document being fraudulent and pretentious? Um, I definitely do um, think that the constitution in many parts does not serve its purpose. So when you speak about the fact that, you know, we're living in a representative democracy, I don't think that the constitution as it stands right now allows people who are in power to, be, to represent the true views and opinions of the populace that's supposed to be represented. Um, so, for example, the e-levy, right, which is something that clearly majority of Ghanaians are against. If you do a poll, you guys have done lots of polls online. People have done polls on the ground. It's a, it's a policy that most Ghanaians are against. Majority of Ghanaians are against the E-Levy. Yet, it's still been passed. So you cannot tell me in good conscience that we're living in a representative democracy where policies can be introduced without the main stakeholders, which is the populace, agreeing to it. And the populace now feel powerless and are unsure as to what to do. So do I think that the constitution is serving its purpose? Absolutely not. I don't think that it's... Um, even with the fact that when the constitution was being put together, the MPP themselves boycotted the process, right? The Ghana Bar Association, they boycotted the process. So how all of these views were not included when the constitution was being made. So how then do we have a constitution that's truly representative of the people? Uh, interesting, uh, Felicity. Stay with me. Hadi, stay with me. I'll come to you for that substantive take on what the president said. But let me give a quick bite to Dr. Abu Sakara Foster. Doc, uh, you belong to a different generation. Will you call this document fraudulent and, and pretentious, as you've heard? No, I will not do that. <laughs> I, I choose my words very carefully uh, so that I can stand by them at all times. Uh, I think the key thing here is that uh, the Constitution has many failings, and because it's a living document, it represents a journey on which we are traveling. By the very nature of this conversation, if you had had this, this discussion in, uh, prior to the promulgation of this Constitution, I can assure you that every single person who is on this radio station would not sleep in their bed tonight. 
So the Constitution has guaranteed that for the most part, apart from when you are excessive, you can express your opinion and still sleep in your bed. So it is not all bad. Uh, there certainly are many failings, uh, and that is a part of the people themselves. The people, if it's a living document, the people have to improve the Constitution. It is now incumbent on this generation to identify exactly what it is that they don't want in the Constitution and fix it. Uh, it's all too easy to throw out the baby with the bathwater, you know, but it's not so easy uh, to identify key areas and recommend how they should be fixed and then do the legwork of mobilizing the support for it. The Constitution belongs to everybody. It does not only belong to the old people, the young people, or the people in the middle. It it's a document that belongs to everybody. So at any one time, no one group of people can throw it overboard. We have to seek within the framework of that constitution the changes that we need and galvanize the support to bring about those changes. That is the very basis of a constitution. And I dare say this. Today, we hold out some countries uh, to be the shining you know, examples of democracy. But go to the American Constitution. Still in the Constitution, it's very difficult to identify where exactly it says that blacks are equal to whites. But in spite of that, because people have stood their ground and fought for the the main interpretation of those principles, they've managed to get gains, even though it doesn't specifically say that. So... Because it's a living document, it is incumbent on every generation to seek its interpretation in a way that shifts the process forward. Mm. And I think that that is a much more productive thing to do than simply dismiss it. In okay. okay, great. So you've set the tone for us um, for what do you do then with it. You will not be as radical as saying it's fraudulent. Um, I guess, Doc, so you, you say if, if you're not... I don't think Sorry, let me let me correct you. It's okay. not. It's a misconception to think that it is radical to simply say let's abandon the constitution. I think it's more rational to say A, B, and C and D are wrong with the constitution, and I want them fixed in X, Y, and Z way. Okay. Who agrees with me? Who does not agree with me? Yeah. That is how you fix things in a consensus. In, 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 in fact, you don't that's. Fix that yes. will be that will be the next major uh, subject for yeah. conversation shortly. But I, I just wanted to, if you can categorize for me, I, the president says the, another constitution we haven't met our full potential. Hadi says it's fraudulent and hasn't and it's uh, pretentious. Uh, Felicity agrees with that. How will you characterize the shortcomings? Well, I, I think the constitution was uh, basically carved in an era where we sought to have plurality and participation in governance and stabilize the country. And it has done that, but it is not adequate. Okay. It is not one in which we can obtain our full and optimal potential as a country because there are still impediments there that give power to too many, too few people and that allow the constitution to be taken advantage of. Okay. If there's fraudulence going on in the constitution, it's because they're fraudulent people. <laughs> are you with me? Uh, and, and people are misusing it. 
So that does not necessarily make the constitution itself fraudulent. It's just that you could have easily had another group of people who, in spite of its failures, could have worked with it very well, uh, are coming out of their own character. So we must not uh, ascribe to the character failings in people uh, the, 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 the force of the constitution. Okay, so I hear you say simply it is has been inadequate and let's find the where the inadequacies are and let's fix them i'll come to that next shortly let me bring in kweku who is a law student um kweku is in the studio with me uh kweku so i just want to establish this um i am of the 80s um is it 2000s or 90s 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 okay <laughs> so so you you came after the constitution was yes. that, that referendum on 1992 Yes. Okay, so you've had a conversation. Where do you stand on it? Well, I believe um, we cannot say it is absolutely um, useless or it has no use at all. Every document enacted or every law enacted is enacted for a certain period of time. If you look at, for instance, 1969, 1969 constitution, that dichotomized power bet um, between two individuals and me, the head of states, sorry, the head of government's leader in parliament, you observe that it brought certain problems because there was one time J.H. Mensah, who was finance minister at the time, was accused of having some interest in some farms in the Ashanti region. He wasn't brought to parliament to answer to, to parliament because the executive was essentially in parliament. And so they wanted to change that in the 1979 constitution, which they did. They made sure no minister at all comes from parliament. But then there was a problem. And there was a problem because the executive and the leg legislature could not sink the reason being that Sliman only had a one-seat ma uh, majority, 71, and uh, that individual even deferred to the opposition. And so Sliman's budget was rejected, his um, nominee for chief justice was rejected. So, and then we came to 1992, which then had the hybrid. So at every point in time, it was as a result of experience that um, the document was enacted or a constitution was enacted. In '92, we had an experience, we enacted it. The question is, Having endured 30 years of democracy, having observed how the, the, the constitution has played out, what are essentially the faults that we can identify with it and how do we make it better? Because there would always be a problem with every constitution. So what's your verdict? You've had the verdicts of all the connectors. Yeah, what's with, your verdict on it? I side with Doc um, okay. Sakara, yes. Okay. So, so although, although you are 90s, you, yes. you believe you're not... You know, the, in the camp of Hardy and, and for the for yeah, because if you look at even the British Constitution, it is the panacea for corruption. If you had bad people in Britain being British prime ministers, they will be corrupt because it's not expressly. Many things are not expressly written down. It's as a result of conventions and practices. And so you can have the best documents in the world, but if you have the bad people in charge of administering the rules in those documents, then you would always have problems. So your point, just like Doc, is it is not the document called the constitution that is a problem it is the people implementing or enforcing the constitution that is the problem that you, that's your point yes okay. if there are actually some some, some, some issues some in issues there but I largely have. largely largely okay largely. largely it's not the document it is yes. the people yes okay go so on. they are for instance um the power of the president to appoint judges and um, the, the supreme court i believe there should be an independent judicial council that's that's that that appoints the chief okay justice. so that, that's the next big conversation so hold on we are okay. going into so what do we do um, okay. I, I think, and I made the point at the end, that it's reaffirmed. I think there's consensus that 
the constitution, let me use uh, Dr. Bosakura's word, is inadequate. There are, there are yeah, places, you know, that needs to be to be tweaked, etc. So the question then becomes, what do you do with it? The, the president has said, amend when it's necessary. I'll come to your thoughts on what do you do with it shortly, because that's where you're going. But let me come to Hadi. Hadi, I started with you. Um, and you were going to the president's position and his arguments around the constitution. What were you going to say about that? And even as I started by saying that I agree with the first part of what the president said, that the democracy has been good. Um, um, uh, but you cut me, so I'm sure some people will misquote me somewhere and say that I agree with the president that the constitution is all right. And no, 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 go on. But I was about to ask, but I was about to ask in the second part of his statement, he said democracy has been good for us. And I was about to ask, who does the us really refer to? And that is where the real conversation is. Because as far as, as, far as we are concerned, this 1992 Sakao Constitution, what it has done is that, is that it has enabled a system that has basically partitioned Ghana into roughly two, two parts, two Ghanas, where one part made up of very few highly privileged individuals um, who are, you know, positioned to enjoy the, all the luxuries that our wealth, our collective wealth is capable of offering. Whilst the other half made up of the majority um, is, is, is basically, you know, um, surviving and, and praying that one day a Messiah will come and save them, which in itself is a recipe uh, for, for, for chaos. So the us refers to pre the president and his class, the class that he belongs to, you know, are people who have, you know, uh, got, got the opportunity to be in that privileged position, um, the few of them, to amass as much wealth as possible and to make sure that they take advantage of whatever loopholes that the constitution intentionally made, made you know, for them. To, to be able to do all this while leaving the rest of us in you know survival survival mode. So yes, democracy has been good, but for who? The us there does not represent to all us. It represents to the class of people there. And he made the, the point about longevity. And I've heard other people made that comment. And I think it's 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 not really a, a meritorious argument that something because something has been long, therefore it is good. No. <laughs> no, we cannot. We cannot make that kind of that argument is problematic in two two ways. First of all, longevity is not necessarily um, is not necessarily desirable, and longevity is not an achievement of the constitution. Slavery lasted four hundred years. It doesn't mean that we wanted it. It doesn't mean that it was good. It doesn't mean that it achieved. I mean, this is something that we we ascribe to it as an achievement. You know, so we can't use longevity. As, as an achievement for the constitution. And then I hear people say that, okay, if, the, if things are not going well, let's look at the people implementing the and not the Then if that argument is with, if we are going to accept that argument, then there's no need to even amend any section of the constitution because in any case, you can always find a good person to implement any section of the constitution. And in any case, why are people ascribing achievement or longevity to the constitution. When it comes to the longevity, they say the constitution has done well because it has lived long. But when they don't ascribe it to the people, but when it comes 
to the areas, the, problem, the problems of the constitution, then they say it is the people. I mean, you cannot, uh, uh, what do they say? It's, you cannot go and come at the same time. These are matters that we have to take holistically. And um, Evans, the things we are talking about are not things that uh, somebody will just sleep and wake up and start blabbering. These are things that have been well thought through. And these are things that have CD, the CDB has released um, a paper written by Professor E. Jimabui, um, which talks about democracy capture in Ghana. You must read that, 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 that chapter and you would see, you would see how the, 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 the architecture of governance created by the 1992 constitution itself enables the capture of the so-called democracy. Um, that, so, that, so Hadi, to, to that big question then, what is what do you propose we do with this constitution then about the all the flaws you've just excited what what do you do with the document um Evans, there there is you look um there are there are people what people talk about amendments olivia there are, if you talk look at amendments they are basically uh two categories People think there are basically two categories of amendments. Amendment of entrenched provisions and amendment of unentrenched provisions. The non-entrenched provisions can be amended by an act of parliament, but the entrenched provisions would need to go for a referendum. But there is a third, you know, category of provisions in the constitution, which many people do not necessarily talk a lot about where there is there is absolutely no process by which you can amend or re remove those 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 clauses and those are in the transitional provisions the indemnity process there is no process in those ones and um i, I mean so if 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 the argument is accepted that the foundation of the document called the 1992 constitution is in the indemnity process a democratic government government indemnifying coup makers of the past, basically legalizing all the acts of the coup makers. That such an irony shows that the, 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 the soul of the document itself is already poisoned. And if that argument is accepted and the indemnity clauses were to be removed, what is the process of removing the indemnity clauses, for instance? And um, if you look at amendments, by by parliament amendment by parliament you are looking at putting the the, the 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 power of amending the constitution in the hands of the same people <laughs> in the same people that you are saying but are not are not uh, are, are, are defective or are corrupt in we all know that there are several aspects of the constitution that if you put those things before parliament or the executive none of them would ever touch it okay uh, okay so, so what do you do then? i want to i want to bring others in so so what, what's your what are you proposing so we, we do we need we need we need a comprehensive civil uh, uh civil process to rewrite a completely new constitution that process must be all inclusive and must make sure that all sections and all shares of society are represented and all shares of views are represented. And in doing this, we, 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 we get the opportunity mm, to reform, not to, to, um, 
to rebirth, you know, the 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 the, 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 the republic in a way that the system is um, designed to serve the needs of the people. Okay, so so rewrite the entire constitution. Felicity, so what's the fix a country's approach to dealing with the challenges you identified earlier with the constitution? Is it the same okay, as rewriting so, it? Um, um, so the thing is, we always said new constitution for a new generation. A lot of the time, when people hear we are saying new constitution, what they automatically think that means is that everything in this current constitution is rubbish and we must throw it away. That isn't what we're saying. However, because we've already seen what happens when you try and do a constitutional review, as you can remember, one has already happened. What did we do with the recommendations? You know, you have political leaders then picking and choosing which recommendations they want to take on. Um, you know, for example, the president himself, one of the recommendations that came from the previous constitutional review was the fact that um, MMDC should be elected. And this was one of his campaign promises, the, the current president. When he came into government, he decided to try and um, implement that. What, what, how did that process end? When, um, the end? when the NDC started kicking up a fuss about it, I can't even remember what the issue was now at the top of my head, Why? what the fight was about. But the point is, he scrapped it all together. So he saw a recommendation that he thought was good, that he thought was necessary. And because it wasn't binding, he didn't have to, he didn't have to implement it. So when he tried and he got a bit of pushback, he said, Then that was it. So the point is that we've tried the review route. It's been tried, right? It didn't work. So when we say we want a new constitution, it is not to say that everything in the current one is, is completely nonsensical and we want to rid it of everything. But there's so many things wrong with this one, this one that the easiest way is to actually just go for a new document. Of course, if you look at even the, the previous constitution that we've had, even the 1992 constitution has, has picked things from other constitutions. So it's not as if like, that document on its own was made with no um, inspiration from other places. So we're saying, so, but the easiest way would to do a new constitution and start, you know, engaging the public during town halls, start getting stakeholder engagement. So everybody brings their ideas and then we create a whole new document. This document is not going to be completely new in the sense that it's still going to contain things from the old document. But the current constitution as it stands right now gives too much power to too few people. And those people continue to abuse that power. We've seen them do it over and over again. When a takes on is not working. We are we are at the mercy of the benevolence of our leaders. You know, so if you get if you get a so our current constitution, if you get a very good leader, as someone who is very driven, who is a good leader, they could do amazing things with it. But unfortunately we continue to get very bad leaders, people who are not dedicated to the people, people who do not sit there to serve the interests of our people. So when you get such people in, in power and you have a winner take all, that's giving way too much people to people that do not have the right intention. Or even the capacity to do the, the right things. So for us, it's not that, it is not that, oh, and we want a new constitution means that everything in the current one is wrong. But then if you look at the fact that as it stands right now, the people, how emboldened, because the constitution served the purpose, what was it? We're going from military rule to democratic rule. So, that, so at the time, when it was first made, it was meant to, you know, be, I feel like even that document, was, it was a transitionary document. And we've moved beyond that. Now we've been in a democratic rule for how many years now? Oh, like 30 years now. It's about time we sit back and say, this, is, this document was made for our transition. 
However, it's not working. There's too many, so many people are disenfranchised by this very document. How do we ensure that this document represents okay. the so, interests so, so of you the want, people so you, of so Ghana, Ghana let's not start, the political elite? Start afresh and get everybody involved to, what, what do you say, get a new constitution. But, a new but, generation, but, but, yeah. And but, especially mm. because, and you see with the, and I want to stress this point because a lot of the time it's like older people, younger people, but for people who are like in their 70s, 80s, they're dying, not in a bad way, but they're going to die soon. So a lot of the time the stakes are not that high for them. Or for young people, people are 18, 19, 20, 22, whatever, they've got another 60, 70 years of living under an extremely horrible constitution. So yes, the stakes are harder for them. And yes, it might even seem like they're even more radical in wanting it to be changed. Whereas older people who don't have much to lose, who have very little time left on this earth anyway, might not feel like they don't feel this. They don't have the same drive. Mm, that, that's a very interesting thought. Uh, Felicity, uh, chew on this for me. I'll come back to you for a quick bullet. On. So if you want a new constitution, but you, I've heard you also say that it's not as if everything in this constitution should be thrown away. The question then becomes, which specific things would you keep in this document and which areas do you want completely uh, changed? Uh, quickly, before I go to Dr. Busakara Foster, and there's something there that um, uh, Felicity talks about. Those in the 60s and 80s, they will die soon and the young ones will be will be the one who carry this burden. So we need, as they say, they put it, a new constitution for a new generation. What, what, what do you say? What, what, you were already going there about what you want, you're proposing to be done about the what, what's your What's your take on on the way forward, what do you yes, do? Yes, that's it? that's true. Um, I think if you look at the time, the reason we had to make a lot of concessions to the executive was because we were. It was a military government that was basically changing to a civilian government, unlike 1969, where the military was basically giving fully to a civilian government. So you had a presidential commission made up of um, Afrifa, um, J.K. Harley, and Oklu giving power to. Um, Buzia and then Akufuado. And so the fundamentals or the dynamics were fundamentally different at the time as opposed to 92, where it was basically the same person, um, you know, becoming the civilian leader. So we had to make concessions. I would say that one, if you look at elections, local government elections, district elections should be fought. The president should not sit in Jubilee House or Flagstaff House whether it's in power can change, you know, the, the name, and make appointments to district committees. If my building, my school roof is falling on my top at Fantiaqua South District, the president would not know. And so the district, the district assembly boss, um, the district uh, chief executive or municipal chief executive, whom he has appointed, is not motivated to do anything because his appointment or otherwise comes from the flags, from the Jubilee House. If we vote for him and my roof is falling, I would say, District Chief Executive, my roof is falling. He would want to stay in power. He doesn't want to be disgraced. So you agree with the uh, electing your MMDC amendment? Yes. Okay. And with MPs, with, with parliaments, we should not vote based on individuals going to parliament, as in voting for individuals. I believe we should have a, rep a proportional representative system where if we have 100% of, 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 of the... Of the 100%. So, assuming MPP gets 50% of the votes, MPP gets 50% of seats in Parliament. Assuming NDC, NDC came second with, I think, 47, NDC will get 47. If PNC gets a vote, PNC must go to Parliament. The current dispensation means that if PNC is able to get about 1,000 votes scattered across the country, even if the 1,000 votes would amount to a seat, PNC would still sit out of Parliament because it could not win a seat. So, that will be partly addressed in the winner-take-all. 
Exactly. Mm. So we would have people would be more motivated to organize political parties. I can organize a political party. All I need to to have is get a, um, a, a good you know a good number of votes, and I'll be in parliament. I'll then be able to carry the voice of the people, carry the ideas, the ideals of my of, of, of my constituents. And so that is one thing we should really look at: proportional representation of people. And then the judiciary have already stated that there there should be an independence. The judicial council should be the one in charge of making appointments to the Supreme Court as well as the Chief Justice. And then the police. Yes, the military can stay with the president. We have no qualms with that. But the IGP, I do not believe the IGP should be appointed by the president. Why? If you look at the role of the police, the police, according to the Police Act, has certain responsibilities such as investigating crimes, prosecution. You know, most of prosecutions in Ghana are done by the police. So once the president appoints the police, he appoints majority of those on the police council and everything trickles down. It means that even when the president's friends commit offenses, nothing can be done or nothing is going to be done about the situation because your hands are virtually in his mouth. In this instance, if we have a situation where the police council, which is independent, appoints the IGP, runs its own affairs, then they will, be, they will not be motivated to do things for the president. Another um, area we should look at is the office of the attorney general. I believe we should split the office of the attorney general and the minister of justice. So yes, the minister of justice can be appointed by the president. That is fine. He's in charge of checking, making sure there are more courts, construction of um, apartments for judges. And that's no problem. But the role of the attorney general as the, the one in whose name prosecutions are carried out. Because we often remember that the president is a human being just like any one of us. And he or she can do anything wrong just like any one of us. And so if the attorney general is appointed by the president, and if according to Article 88, prosecutions are made in the name of the attorney general, and if the attorney general can, you know, you know the power of nolly prosecutor, can just sign, oh, we are not interested in, 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 in prosecuting this matter anymore. The president can call the attorney general and say, oh, you know, this, this my friend is being chased, uh, just sign off and make sure he's not prosecuted by the, by the courts. The attorney general can do that. Mm. So, so I hear you say broadly, I mean, in terms of the amendments that you're seeking, broadly come under one category, reducing the powers of the president? Uh, yes. Okay, uh, because all of the things you said comes down really the to power, that. The power of the president. And, and I guess another thing, your approach is slightly significantly different from that of Hadi and Felicity. You are going for more targeted, gradual specific reviews of problematic areas yes, not yes. a rewriting of the entire document that's it's, the way you're the, proposing the, you see, the problem is if we are not very careful in identifying the specific problems mm. so you will not yeah, rewrite the entire document yes well the thing is so it's technical you cannot rewrite the constitution Okay, but that's what they're proposing. That's that's the proposal on the table from um, Heidi and, and Felicity. And, and, yes, that's the that's, problem. Too, is yeah. you, it cannot be rewritten. Okay, so so you say more targets. So you, you are in the president's camp. The president says, do it when necessary. Is that what you understand? Um, you see, the president makes a vague statement, do it when necessary. Okay, you uh, say it's necessary. It's necessary. Okay, there's no if there. Yes. Okay. And we, we know the problems, but okay. we are we are pretending Deal with it. to be so, blind. So, but, there, but that's the point that Felicity and Heidi is making. That yeah. because... It's in the hands of the politicians, and you the review you are proposing will go yeah. to parliament, yeah. right? And it, some of it, it will, will, the president will have to start the process precisely because of that. It will happen. Like, yeah. there's a, another process must happen where we, the people, sort of take that away from their hands and, and do it. Let me go to Dr. Busakara Foster. Doc, so you've had the approaches. 
Um, Hardy and Felicity, two, two belonging to two very powerful youthful groups, have a very different radical approach to the to what what do you do? The, the question, what do you do, and and which areas do you tackle? Where do you stand on that conversation? Kweku obviously has a different approach. I'm, I I pretty much suspect you'll be in Kweku's camp where do a more targeted, find out what's wrong, and go and do a surgical review of these areas. Hello, Dr. Busakara Foster. Okay, we may have lost him on the line, do we? Can, we, you, can you hear me? I can hear you now, yes. Okay. Uh, I think, first of all, let me correct one uh key impression that seems to be coming out of this discussion. And I'm glad that by the very virtue of this process, it has been disproved. First of all, it is not true that if you are young, you have to be radical and irrational. You can be young and very rational, depending on your training and your understanding of issues. So let's not say that all young people uh, radical and irrational. That's not necessarily the case. And I've heard two very different views, and one of them is very young and is holding a very rational, are you with me, uh, position and arguing it very effectively. Uh, so don't cast it between the old and the new either, because I am in my 60s, but I will argue that I have got more invested um, even since Dr. Abuzakara saying uh, that I, simply I, because... Hadi, just a second. Just a second, Hadi. Let, let Abuzakara finish, and then you will definitely have a... Just make a note for me, so he definitely come back in uh, with your interjection before we wrap up. I think you have to... To ask him, yeah, I mean, let, let let him finish his thought. I mean, that's that's how the conversation has been, and then you would come in with your counter argument. So hold on for me, Hadi, for a second, Doctor Busakara Foster. Listen, listen, I'm saying that the way the argument is being presented, it's as if uh, you to be because you're young, you're radical and irrational. I'm saying no, you can be young and also very rational. And I'm pointing out the fact that one of your people in the studio is arguing on very specific things and he's right, he's being rational. So you, you cannot just say that all young people are of one brush. That is the point I'm making. Nobody the has made that point. point. I think you are trying yeah, to you are trying to, to the impute, second point I'm making, trying to impute that because we don't here, agree with you, then then we are irrational. That, that, is, that clearly cannot stand. That, 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 no, no, but why do you no. why do you think that because we don't agree with you, then we are irrational? But who said you're irrational? That, that cannot, I am saying that, cannot, that the no, argument... That is what, that is what you are implying. We are all... So, I'm saying Hello. Okay. So, 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 how did so? I, I, I hear your 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 uh, comeback on that, and that's why I'm saying that you just make a note for me. I'll give you time to articulate it. Um, the, the superior argument, the Ghanaians who are listening will, will come to their own conclusion. Just stay with me, Hadi. Let me hear Dr. Abusa yeah. Foster. So, so uh, the, again, we come back to the issues of discipline uh, and maturity. You see, the other point that you, you're making, uh, which I think you need to put into context, is that the old people have nothing invested in the next generation, which is very wrong. Yeah? Somebody who has three, four children, they spend their whole life investing in them has a lot invested 
in how, what happens for the young people. So don't couch the arguments in that way. And that is for you, the presenter, not even for Hardy. That is not Hardy's issue. I'm saying that the way in which you have couched it does not bring out the best argument. And it also demonstrates that there are young people who can be very rational about it, and they're not necessarily that radical. So don't paint everybody with the same brush. That is the point I'm making. This, and having said that, it is clear, uh, again, if you go back to 1992 and before 1992, the events that led up to this, we had an equal ground swell, if you remember at that time, of young people. This constitution was not brought about by old people. It was brought about by the youth of that time, who in the uh, uh, excess of energy thought that they did not accept the status quo, they had to break it and recast it, and they did. And that is what we got out of it. And many people will argue that we lost many years of development out of that process. And we don't want to go down that road again. We want to ensure that we build on what we have, remove the bad things out of it, and do the good things that we need to do. That is the approach that we are advocating. And this approach is neither a young approach, an old approach. It is simply an approach based on the reality of what we see. Now, of course, the case is well made that the very people that are supposed to be making these changes are the people who in themselves are benefiting from it. And that is why the constitution is vested in the people. So the people must rise. If you want these changes, you must go to the people, campaign for it, and galvanize the change that you want to see and bring it to the fore so that they are forced to make these changes. It is not only politicians and the appointed people who will make these changes. It is the power of the people that will make these changes. But it should do so within a legitimate framework that allows for the process of change to continue. Mm. Um, and Hadi, I said you, you should make notes and, and come back with, with the argument. What's the argument? Well, Evans, I, I, I think it, I will just make it in person. I think it, it, is, um, it, is, it is grossly um, unacceptable for Dr. Busakara to assume that simply um, what he was working on or um, whatever options, and we do not decide, we do not agree with the position that he has taken, that it means we are, we are radical and irrational. And because Kweku agrees with him, then he is rational. That, that is completely unacceptable. I think I need to put it on, 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 on record. Now, the point we are trying to make, there are several things about the Constitution, uh, Evans, that we, we believe uh, makes make it, you know, uh, completely broken, broken beyond repair. Um, apart from the fact that amendment or review puts everything in the hands of, of, of the people that we are trying to rescue this republic from, um, you, you have the, the, sheer, the sheer practicality and logistical uh, nightmare of it. For instance, the Constitutional Review Commission... And, 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 find, very, and very briefly, um, Hadi, in 60 seconds. Very briefly, mm. entrenched positions, uh, provisions. None of these entrenched provisions can be amended just by an act of parliament. They all have to go to a referendum. Would you rather would you, would you rather conduct 30 referendum change by piecemeal each of these provisions that are problematic in the entrenched provisions that are problematic in the constitution? Or would you do a systemic relook 
at the constitution and do a new one that assess all these amendment and review questions and still gives you a, a rebirth of a new Ghana. Well, thank you very much, Hadi. Uh, Dr. Busakara Foster, thank you very much for your thoughts. Kweku, grateful that you joined me. Um, you were put in the middle there. <laughs> but uh, as a debater, you're very used to very, very used to it. Uh, grateful uh, Felicity also who joined me. Listen, uh, the, the, this is a conversation that I, I bet is not going away anytime soon. Um, we'll continue to have it as the as the constitution it continues to evolve. Uh, the lads are joining us right now with local room. And I see many of you uh, join us with your thoughts on, on the conversation. Uh, keep them coming. Continue the conversations on the many social media platforms. Uh, this has been Ghana Connect. James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr. Football managers are mentally preparing a full-term report as the European football season gets to the finish line. Few games remaining, bigger prizes on the horizon, and action is intense. The English Premier League title race is on the knife's edge, with these two tussling in the final stretch. Looking for Mane, Mane with another chance, and he's fired him. Mares, here's Jesus with the chance, and Jesus has taken the chance. He's not been on long, he's done the job for Manchester City. Breakthrough. And here's Firmino, and he's Salah, and there's the opening goal. The little Egyptian does it again. Corner, it's pulled out low. Gundogan, first time shot, takes an inflection. Manchester City have the second goal. Manchester City hoping not to fault and give Liverpool a sniff. It's Leeds United and Newcastle who will attempt the impossible task of taking a point of them. We preview all games to come in England and monitor closely the top four battle and relegation fight. We'll be in Spain, Germany, France and Italy to do same. Also coming up... The way pitches the other way and then jackhammers it in. Time out, New Orleans. Lead is six. The biggest tonight for Phoenix, seven. They're on a 7-0 run. It's Nance. Historic performance for Chris Paul, 14 of 14. Booker has it in backcourt. Jones on him and draws the foul, 19.2 remaining. Historic performance for Chris Paul, 14 of 14. Booker has it in backcourt. Jones on him and draws the foul, 19.2 remaining. You kept them afloat. How about the big three here in the fourth? Rebound, clutched down to by Paul, and that's it. Game series. The Phoenix Suns have survived 
We are the tail end of the first round of the NBA playoff. We preview all games to come later and get into the Ghana Premier League match day 27 fixtures. Leaders Asante Kotoko seem to have taken the foot off the gas as they recorded back to back defeats. The team United will look to take advantage, but can they? Full preview ahead. If you'd like to send us a message, we'll love to read them via social media accounts, George slash 997 on Facebook, 0551 on WhatsApp, or you can tweet at us at JoySportsGH. We'll be in the United States to monitor key boxing bouts to come. And we'll be across the Black Maidens clash with Guinea in Cape Coast. As they try to make it through in the third round of the FIFA Under-17 Women's World Cup qualifiers. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sport. Hello from me, George Ada Jr. And welcome to The Locker Room. Live on radio, live online. This is The Locker Room with George Ado Jr. Thanks for staying with us on the show, and we begin tonight with the Ghana Premier League. Referee whistles, Keita, it's a goal! Nabi Keita has put the goal. Nabi trying beautiful goal, great goal by Akeka. Run over, loops the ball into the area, heads the ball! Akumasia Sati got the goal, the first goal! Just this play! Avoita with the ball then hits a lovely cross above everybody. Ball clears the post and the phobia bad twice out loud. They have got the goal. Carilla trying to move men forward. Yeah, we see Taylor. This can be dangerous. Carilla! Makati! Brilliant goal from Apia Makati and he's won the finest. What a game we're seeing here. The away fans to my left, to my right, are really, really in raptures at the moment. So we are the business end of the Ghana Premier League season, uh, but many consents already for the cruising leaders at Santa Cotoco. While the league could potentially have a competitive title race towards the end, second place, Bacham United have failed to take advantage with less than eight games to go. Now, uh, the relegation bracket as well seems to be getting intense by the minute. Games of the weekend are vital, so then let's get some perspective from my colleague Steve Zando, who joins us from Kumasi. Thank you very much, Zando, for your time on the show. And let's begin in Kumasi, where you are. Kotoko seem to be on a downward spiral, don't they? Uh, two defeats on the bounce, and it's rumored Patrick Asma has been suspended suspended for the rest of the season. Are there any signs of trouble amongst the porcupines? Kotoko seems to be on a downward spiral. Shall we say that? Well, maybe, George. But I think that the current situation at the club is a cause for worry because it is very unusual on the part of Kotoko to lose two games on the bounce, especially considering their form this season. And look, their head coach, Dr. Prosper Gumnate, in his post-match conference